Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. Hi, I'm Cynthia Westerhout, and I'm here to present today on behalf of my co-authors. We'll be speaking about NT-ProBNP during screening in the Victoria trial, insights into outcomes and Verisigwat. My disclosures uh, are listed here. So today's aims are threefold. In this session, you'll learn about the frequency and direction of NT-ProBNP changes during the 30-day screening period in the Victoria trial, the associations of these changes with the primary composite endpoint of cardiovascular death and heart failure-related hospitalizations, and Verisigwat's clinical benefit relative to these changes. A little background about the Victoria trial. The Victoria enrolled 5,050 patients with heart failure with a reduced ejection fraction of less than 45%. And they were randomized to either Verisigwat or placebo in a one-to-one fashion. An important entry criteria was NT-ProBNP greater than or equal to 1,000 picograms per milliliter uh, for those with sinus rhythm and greater than or equal to 1,600 uh, picograms per milliliters for those with atrial fibrillation during a 30-day screening period. A little background about these patients. The mean age was 67 years of age and 24% of the population were females. There was um, a way to get into this trial, one of three ways. Um, about two-thirds of these patients had had a heart failure-related hospitalization within three months. 17% of patients had a three to six um, a hospitalization within three to six months, and IV diuretics incurred in the, in the remaining number of patients. A little reminder about the primary results of Victoria. Remember, for the composite endpoint of cardiovascular death and heart failure-related hospitalization, there is a hazard ratio through the follow-up of 0.9, uh, showing a significant benefit of verisigwat in the reduction of those primary endpoints. As part of the pre-specified second uh, subgroup analyses, um, there was a look at the treatment effect according to quartiles of NT-ProBNP that was taken at randomization. And what we observed here was that in this upper quartile for patients with NT-ProBNP greater than 5,314 picograms per milliliter, there seemed to be um, a differential treatment effect uh, with Verisigwat. So our question here today is, does what happens before randomization um, provide insights into these results? Just a brief slide on methods. So of the 5,050 patients who were randomized, 3,821 patients had NT-ProBNP at screening, and we were able to look at the change between screening and randomization. If for our purposes here, we can, we classified uh, change in a relative sense. So for those with a decreasing NT-ProBNP of greater than 20%, you'll, you'll note uh, the green font. For those with minimal change, either plus or minus uh, within 20%, that was minimal change in blue. And in red, we're showing increased uh, for greater than 20% increase. So what we found overall was of the 3,800 patients, 1600 uh, were in a decreasing mode between screening and randomization. And that was, they were coming in about 12 days uh, prior to randomization in, in a median way. Um, minimal change was in about 1400 patients and increasing the group here was about 800 patients. So as I mentioned, we were interested in looking at um, 
how these changes pre-randomization may give us some insights into uh, the treatment effect according to quartiles of NT-PRO BNP at randomization. So I'm going to present to you, uh, these are spaghetti plots that show you the, the starting value or the screening value uh, all the way to the randomization value of NT-PRO-BNP according to quartiles of NT-PRO-BNP at randomization. So what you see here on the left are two uh, spaghetti plots. This is for the first quartile, so under 1,556 picograms per milliliter. Uh, we see a lot of patients certainly in that decreasing, you'll notice all the green that show up here. Uh, for the next quartile up between 1556 and 2816 picograms per milliliter, we see kind of a more even distribution of decreasing, still predominant, no change, and some patients who are in the increasing trajectory. For the latter two quartiles, you'll see that they look quite different uh, from the first two. As you move uh, to higher levels of NT-PRO-BNP at randomization, we're starting to see more patients who are actually in an increasing mode. And that's certainly true in the uppermost quartile. In this slide, we're going to look at the associations of these changes uh, in the screening period with the clinical outcomes. So this graph here looks at the changes in the NT-PRO-BNP from screening to randomization in a continuous fashion, but we've kept the color coding the same. So you note the green, these folks are decreasing uh, from screening to randomization. The blue are for people with a minimal change, and, and the red color is for those on the increasing uh, trajectory. So what we see here is those who are on the decrease are um, experiencing a lower likelihood of these clinical events, the composite of cardiovascular death and heart failure hospitalization. Whereas for those who are in the increasing trajectory, their uh, association is, is an increasing uh, likelihood of the events. And just to bring you back to those categories that we had started out with, this provided the, the breakdown uh, for the composite. So again, we're seeing higher rates uh, or higher likelihood of, um, of these outcomes uh, for the increasing and middle change compared to the decreasing uh, group. Similarly, was shown when you break out the composites. So this is for cardiovascular death here in the middle. And at the bottom here is for heart failure hospitalization. Similar uh, tracked all the way along. This slide here gets us to one of our primary objectives. This is showing you um, a hazard plot that looks at uh, the three different endpoints, cardiovascular death or heart failure hospitalization as a composite, cardiovascular death and heart failure hospitalization. And what we're looking at here is um, the treatment effect for varicigwat versus placebo um, within these different endpoints. And we have broken it down into this panel here is for patients who were in the first three quartiles of NT-PRO-BNP at randomization. So those with less than 5314 picograms per milliliter. And here what we see is that there's no measurable um, uh, treatment modification based on the screening change. So remember from increase, minimal change, or decrease, we're seeing that the benefit of Varisiguan is consistent. When we move to the group of patients who had NT-PRO-BNP at randomization greater than 5314 picograms per milliliter, we notice um, some different signals. Again, we're looking at the same endpoints and we're looking at change in the same sort of way. Um, and here what we're seeing is, is more heterogeneity in the treatment effect here. Now, while they don't reach statistical statistical significance, um, we are thinking that this is a signal. 
Let's look at the cardiovascular death and heart failure hospitalization. First of all, we're noticing in patients who had a decreasing NT-proBNP from screening to randomization, we're seeing uh, a point estimate benefit for Varisigwat, whereas the other um, the other change categories are, are not observing that. So that's uh, an important um, finding. It gives us some insight in what's going on to these patients at a very high NT-proBNP randomization. So in conclusion, and some implications, we noticed that changes in NT-proBNP were common uh, during the screening period. Certainly, we saw more patients uh, with decreasing values uh, or in a minimal change uh, setting, certainly more than, the, than those who are experiencing an increase. We also noticed that minimal change, and especially those with increasing NT-proBNP during screening, they had a greater risk of cardiovascular death and heart failure hospitalization. And in particular, for patients in the upper quartile of NT-proBNP at randomization, there appeared to be a signal of benefit uh, with Varisigwat when NT-proBNP was decreasing. We believe that these findings um, are interesting in this, high, in this type of high-risk heart failure patient population, um, underscoring the need to really take a look at how NT-proBNP is changing, particularly in a screening period uh, as a trial is looking to enroll patients. And we think this would provide additional insights for those who are designing future trials. Thank you for your participation today. You've been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is jointly provided by Global Learning Collaborative, GLC, and Total CME Incorporated, and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com CME. Thank you for listening.